September 16th, 1984, Marvel Studios. Hey there, Steve! Ready for the show tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think so. Looks like everything... Yeah, great, whatever, shut up! I want to make a bet with you! Bet? Yeah, a bet! With money! Money that I can use for nefarious proper... I mean, ideas! Yeah, that's right, I'm an ideas man, see? Uh, what kind of bet? Every time there's a cave-in, you pay me one hundred dollars! Cave-in on Transformers? Yeah, but also avalanches on Prime and falling in holes on Beast Machines! What's a Beast Machine? Uh, never mind, it's nothing! I'm not a time traveler! What? Yeah, so what do you say? A hundred bucks every time you lose the bet! Well, that seems kind of one-sided. Uh, what if I win the bet? Shut up! Uh, that's fair. Perfect! Soon I'll have enough money to buy all the drugs I want! And that stupid podcast! What's a podcast? It's nothing. Now, in an unrelated matter, I have to go stand in this British police call box! Okay. See you later, asshole! Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show. I'm Paul. I spilled my fucking coffee. <laughs> Today it is episode nine of season two of Transformers Prime. It is Grill. This episode was directed by Kevin Altieri. It was directed by Dwayne Nice and Capizzi. And last time on Transformers Prime, Optimus Prime attacked Fowler and then a military base. But then the team found out that Mech had actually built a duplicate of the Autobot leader that then fell on Silas and fucked him up. And in this episode, we have the laziest thing you could do in a series. It's a goddamn clip show. Yeah, there's always one. and There really is. And this one, Fowler just comes into an office, and apparently they don't have lights in this building. And uh, there's a guy with a video camera in there, and he's like, uh, soldier, that's too close. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's not just too close. The guy's in his, close enough to his face that everything's yeah. out of focus, and Fowler has to shove him back. Like, like buy a fucking tripod, there's guys. There's a zoom button on the thing, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but here, buy a tripod, hit record, and then the soldier can walk out, because this is apparently a very high-level meeting. Well, yeah, the general's like, take a seat, Bill, calls him Bill, and I want answers about recent events and uh, starting with the demise of Optimus Prime. Like, dun, dun, dun. And uh, Fowler tells him, like, look, Optimus is alive and well, but the general's like, well, Top doesn't believe that because we've never seen the real one, Bill, and all we have is your word on that. But they totally have seen them anyway. Um, the whole humans don't know about Transformers gets less and less believable as this series goes on. But, yeah, Fowler begins to talk to this guy, General Bryce, about, well, he starts with Silas, who's apparently his real name is Leland Bishop. Yeah, and he was in charge of Project Damocles, used to be in the army. And uh, I think the, the first time we met him was back in Convoy, right? Yeah, I think it was. When he gets back in, Optimus scolds him a bit, but then uh, this guy, uh, Clancy, calls him on the radio and introduces himself as Silas of an organization called Merc. Yeah, and or, or Mech or something, but yeah, has oh, there Mech, ever been Mech, a character named Cyrus in anything that wasn't a bad thought, guy? Did you ever wonder that? I thought it was Silas, S-I-L-A-S. Oh, maybe it is. I didn't, I didn't look it up. But. Yeah, it's totally a bad guy name. Like, his last name should be Slyke. Yeah. Silas Slyke. Yeah. But uh, Fowler is like, okay, so what are criminal pieces of shit like you getting for a dingus these days? And Cyrus is like, what if I don't want to sell it? And after he talks about Silas for a bit, oh, and he does mention that they believe a lot of mech agents are actually still in the military, which yeah. seems incredibly dangerous. 
But, well, that's why they always hide their faces, I guess. So that's just explanation for that, obviously. So they can just use the same model in the thing. Yeah, I was going to say, but... because the real explanation <laughs> is they made one model. Um, yeah. But then he talks about Energon for a bit. So this episode is, it's so poorly done. Because, well, it's not, it's not poorly done. It's an okay clip show, but it's placed at such a weird point in the series. Um, anyway, he tells him about Energon because none of the viewers understand what Energon is. And you would think that a four-star fucking general would know what Energon is. You, by the, at this point, yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it, it's, there's a bunch of scenes of fighting here um, about how they're fighting over Energon. And then he mentions how, like, the Autobots have saved his ass a few times, but he's saved their asses as well. And now he lists off the Autobots, and it Roll cuts call. to clips of them introducing themselves to the kids. Like, Bulkhead is the first to admit he's clumsy and dim-witted, but he's a fucking wrecking crew. And, and then he describes Ratchet, who's a bit high-strung, but brilliant. And when he talked about Ratchet, it kind of reminded me of that clip from Masters and Students, I think, where Ratchet finds out the kids are doing a science fair and is <laughs> yes. like a control freak. They, while they're talking, they hear an explosion. They both run Ratchet's like, Decepticons! Yeah, we're under attack! And nope, it's just perhaps vinegar and baking soda volcano. So we're definitely into the point of this series now where we're in a series. And it's going to be the kids have a, you know, they have a school life and somehow are still working with the Transformers. But what they're doing is science fair projects. Pretty much, yeah, because Raph has his little volcano thing and Jack's building a motorcycle and RC's helping him. And he, like he thinks she should be more help because she is a motorcycle. And she's like, look, you're a human. Can you build me a small intestine? Like it doesn't work like that. That was a great line. Um, oh, and uh, Miko's building the solar system with bulkhead. And yes. Ratchet is like unimpressed. He's like, this is crap. That's crap. And you suck. And Autobots making a the, mess. Yeah, these uh, these three aren't scientists and fuck it all. And Optimus it's is, almost just like, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. It's like that <laughs> kind of. And Optimus points what? out, hey, you know what? Maybe learning a bit about what these kids' life is like could help us. And Ratchet says, well, they should learn about Cybertron. Then he talks about RC and ba- like he's given, you know, a ratchet smart, bulkhead's tough. RC kicks a lot of ass. Mm, don't let her size fool you. She is deadly. And we really see that in that first time she encounters Arachnid back in Predatory. Yeah. That was a good one. And then these two have a fight, and this was pretty dope. Yep, because Arachnid says, like, I got space in my uh, display case here for a human, and RC's not going to let that happen, and they just get into it. They do, and it's, this is, it starts with a lot of laser fire. There's a shit ton of jumping around. RC does a great bit where she runs up a tree, dodges it bunch of laser fire and then comes down but she gets into a bit of a rock'em sock'em robot moment here not so many kicks but a lot of slugging yeah like a total bruce lee jackie chan kind of stuff it's well, pretty and, good well and yeah she ends it with a kick though she does end it with a kick that launches this motherfucker like through trees yeah literally through trees like not not past the trees like literally through the tree <laughs> And then he describes Bumblebee as like a warrior in training, but he doesn't speak a language I understand. He, he kind of explains how that came about. But uh, I remember he also I think he says something about Bumblebee's speed. And it reminded me of back in Speed Metal where Jack has to use Bumblebee because RC won't do it anymore. And it's like he's going to race Vince with this with Bumblebee. Here we get racing and knockout slams <laughs> douchebag McGee's Vaughn's Vaughn. No, 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 no clips about Vaughn's the dance. Uh, but we we do carry on with the Autobots. He lets them know that none of them are immortal. Uh, you know, they, they are tough, but not immortal. They they do have weaknesses and they can die. And in fact, they lost Cliffjumper. And uh, that's when the general's like, oh, yeah. And he was the last one to die because I guess the general still thinks that the 
body of this fake Optimus Prime that they recovered last time is the real thing. Except that every time, you know, General Bryce says something that's incorrect, Fowler's like, no, that was in my report. So does this guy not read anything? Yeah. He's, he's a fucking Hollywood producer. He's one of these, like, farsighted people that refuses to take their glasses with them anywhere they go. They're, like, holding the pin pad, like, at arm's length. Which one's checking? It's, it's that guy. So he, he does, they do talk about Optimus a bit, and um, they mention that time that Optimus joined the Decepticons, and I, I know this wasn't when he joined the Decepticons, but there is that moment in One Shall Rise Part 2 where we were talking about the two of them fighting. Mwah. Awesome scene. And then, dude. This, oh. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yes. about. Megatron and Optimus working yeah. together was... I, I think I got turned on a little. Well, Megatron and Optimus just get back to back on this bridge, just blasting and smashing these things. And it's just... It's, it's just amazing. It is. It's They work in such sync they're sync they're in such good tandem they move when each other moves they cover each other's back it's fuck i would love to see a story of orion pax and megatronus working together they mm. seem to make a great team because it even ends with them backing into each other and they're still both looking around for more of them but not at each other like ironic as it seems like they know the other guy has their back it's just fucking awesome scene. And when we come back, we, we go to a commercial break, but we leave it on the cliffhanger that apparently Bryce thinks a military tribunal should be enacted or whatever, commercial break. Yeah. And when we come back, uh, Fowler's still going on about the Autobots. He's like, Yo, General, yeah, they're big, but they watch where they step. And uh, then he just mentions the kids before he realizes what he said. The General's like, the kids? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, yeah, that's what they call the in-house support team. Uh, yeah, that's it. And he, he mentions, like, he talks about how Raph is great at computer science, June's good at med- medicine, and com- Miko's good at communications. He doesn't really talk about Jack, but he does reference, oh, he's yeah, he's good at taking orders. <laughs> taking orders. <laughs> it just shows Jack working at the drive through <laughs> Uh, I remember the scene where um, he, he's, you know, wearing the hat and Sierra just happens to show up to talk oh, to him this. and then RC comes to pack him up. Meanwhile, at Burger World, Jack is uh, serving up two body slam burger specials. And when the car pulls away, here's Sierra waving at him from across the drive through. Yeah. So, hey, uh, kudos to the show's writers. I yep. thought she was just written out and they'd forget about her. But here she is. And she's been wondering where Jack is. Yeah, I never see at the parties. Well, he's an unpopular kid. That's why he's not at the parties. And she never sees him at the mall. I never sees him outside of school. And Jack's like, well, I'm usually here wearing the hat. And I am totally going to start using that as an expression for working. It's like, hey, how's your dad been? Is he retired? Now he's still wearing the hat. But, <laughs> I like but, that. Uh, then uh, then yeah, RC and he says he's studying for his SATs. Yeah, there's a buzz on the speaker and he has to get that. And she's like, it's RC saying, hey, Jack, it's five o'clock. Let's go. And Sierra says, oh, OK, I get it. That's and what you're Jack, busy with. Yeah. She thinks it's another girl. Yes. But Jack right away is like, no, 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 no. It's my mom. And then RC comes around the corner with <laughs> yes. slim, sleek Sadie. Let's say that five times yeah. fast. Sitting on, on the bike. And <laughs> Sierra says, oh. Your mom looks really good in leather on your bike. <laughs> it's just this, uh, this kid, okay. he's going to be, he's if he wasn't an outcast before, he's going to be now at school. Oh, he, he rides around on a bike with his mom in a leather bodysuit. <laughs> and uh, Feller also says like uh, they're resourceful and uh, they've encountered the enemy too and they've seen it all. But uh, it, then he tries to stress like the Autobots top priority is protecting 
the the kids <laughs> and all humans. Yeah. And uh, and they've all really bonded. And uh, even though the original intent of the the kids in quotes was only for them to be the Autobots guides. Yeah. They uh, and they I guess some of the technology they've shared is that like he references Ratchet redesigned the cockpit of his jet so that he wouldn't need a flight yeah. suit. Uh, like maybe share that explained with, it. Yeah. Maybe share that with the whole mil- uh, Air Force, though. Anyway. Well, then. The general just kind of cuts right to the point. He's like, all right, if they're they're so great, how come they haven't killed Megatron yet? And uh, Fowler's like, well, it's not like they haven't tried. He's got nine lives, man. And it reminded me of that uh, scene in Rock Bottom oh, where yeah. Jack uncovers Megatron. But uh, Jack, back with Jack in the drill, he does open a hole. This scene I fucking loved. And it is literally Megatron's face, just yep. his face. And he's trapped. Jack is speechless. And I thought, like, okay, he's fucking terrified, as you would be. Uh Like, you just uncovered Megatron, and he's awake, and he's looking right at you. And Megatron, all credit due, doesn't miss a beat. And he's like, you better kill me now, because you will never get a better chance. Yeah, and then Megatron's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Like, Optimus totally would seize the opportunity. And then Jack's like, well, n- n- no, he wouldn't. Yeah, and <laughs> he like, he drives away. And Megatron shouts at him. He's like, I'll, re- I'll make a point of telling Optimus about this when I tear his innards out. So amidst a barrage of clips of Megatron attacking and being attacked, Fowler explains how he actually helped them destroy Unicron, and now Bryce wants him to undergo <laughs> yes. a psychological evaluation. Yeah, this is on hold. Do you Commercial see a break. shrink, bud? But when we come back, the general's like, uh, look, man, you're on record of the Autobots defeating a unicorn. And Fowler's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, and this just backs up my argument that Bryce doesn't read reports because it says Unicron. And also, we already did that joke with Miko writers, Dwayne. Yeah, maybe uh, autocorrect must have got it or something on them. You know, years and years ago, uh, there was a business proposal. I I wasn't writing up, but I was a part of it. And the, the company that we were dealing with was called Goodman. And autocorrect replaced all of that to goddamn, and it only got noticed just before the letter went out to goodman company oh, i was gonna say could you imagine if you had to read that speech and that's what was on the thing and you just had to keep in mind you had to change it as you're reading it oh, it wasn't even a speech it was like a, a letter being sent to the the client which they would have been reading it and go, why are they calling us goddamn? Although I bet they get that a lot. Anyway, um, Fowler talks about Starscream after this and how he's actually kind of an asset. Yeah, Starscream has become like kind of invaluable or at least useful for Intel since he went rogue from the Decepticons. And then he says he's not the only Decepticon to break ranks. Well, he, he mentions Arachnid, I think, but he also talks about how like Dreadwing, Optimus has some respect for Dreadwing because of his yeah. honor, which, eh, okay, that happened once, uh, you know, and then they kind of go into how Optimus is so devoted to the Autobot cause, and we have clip after clip of Optimus being moral and quite often making the wrong decision. And that kind of leads us into Optimus or Fowler. But you know what it doesn't remind me of, though, but it was an awesome clip. It's the first time we saw pole position back in Scrappy. Back with the other kids, we're playing pole position or whatever. I know it's not pole position, but whatever that arcade game was that had the two cars. I think it is pole position. It was on the Atari. Honestly, I remember less of the game and more of the cartoon. Oh, I forgot all about that. Pole position. And then the power goes out. 
So we kind of wrap it up where Fowler talks about the Autobots looking for Autobot relics. And then Bryce is like, so where do I, when do I see Optimus? And Fowler's like, let me show him to you right now. <laughs> yes, he finally just says, all right, the hell with it. Pulls out his phone, calls Optimus, who apparently was four just or five feet away. Like he just yeah. opens the blinds and he's like, comes over and Prime's like, are, are these mech agents you've uncovered? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, that's the general. Oh, how are you? <laughs> now, okay. So first off, Optimus has just been standing in this military base, but somehow <laughs> nobody has seen him yet. And also, Optimus, you're in a military base. Why would you, like, you know what a general's uniform looks like, I hope. Yeah. Why would you assume these are mech agents? Just, ugh. Fuck you, Dwayne. I haven't said fuck you to any of the writers in this series yet, I don't think. But fuck you, Dwayne Nice and Capizzi. Fuck you and fuck this episode. So Optimus was just hanging around on a military base in robot mode in broad daylight outside a room with a four-star general in it on the off chance Feller might need him to come to the window like fucking Jerome on the Friendly Giant. Like, he must have been there the whole time. There's no sound or light from a ground bridge. It's like, what the hell kind of deus ex machina shit was that? Even if they ended up with Fowler sitting up in bed with the suit still on, because that suit never comes off, it'd have been less ridiculous. Like, this episode could have been 30 seconds long. Fowler, we have Optimus Prime's body. General, no you don't. Okay, prove it. Okay, I will. Here he is. Hi. Oh, well then. That clears everything up. You're dismissed. Oh, Bill, before you go, we're glad you're stopping for donuts a lot less these days. Your cholesterol was uh, pretty bad there for a while. Oh, you're seeing a nurse and she's keeping an eye on you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. My wife's been after me for years to quit smoking. I told her one thing at a time, lady. First, I need to quit amphetamines, and this is not... Well, here we are at the end of, I guarantee, my least favorite episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show Prime. Uh, the next episode we're going to review is Armada. If you want to see something that lacks air superiority, you can find us on Twitter. Does that make sense? You can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobe. Paul is at pmcpherson1. It's true, if nothing else. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and uh, tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com and until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Well, it's not like I haven't tried.